Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up? Hello, Fran. How are you doing, sir? Um, I'm doing great. Just living in the crazy world, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh... <laughs> I, I I said I was cautiously optimistic when we did our first episode of the new year. Yeah. And uh, after six days without an incident. Yeah. Probably the craziest thing I've ever seen in my 28 years on this earth. You know, I thought 2020 was a pretty crazy year. Um, we saw a lot of civil unrest, justifiably in my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, it sucks that some, Starbur- some Starbucks got burned down. But, you know, I think lives are a little more important than lattes. So I kept my mouth shut because mm-hmm. why would I speak about property being damaged when a man had his life taken away while a police officer kept his knee on his neck for eight minutes and 15 seconds? You yeah. know, I can't tell people how to respond to seeing that video because it was truly vile. I never finished it and I could never watch it again. It's a horrific piece of film. Um, but after years and years of lying and um, manipulating his followers on Thursday of, I don't even know what day it was. All the days have kind of blended together since that day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) On the last Thursday, a mob, a gang of terrorists, Mm -hmm. descended upon Washington, D.C. and stormed the nation's capital and the literal capital building where they were certifying the election results with I have no other idea than to look at what I saw, their intentions were to take senators hostage and stop them from certifying the election. Mm-hmm. That is that is what I saw. They had zip ties. They built gallows with a noose. Mm-hmm. And another part that just seems like it's not getting a lot of attention because so much crazy shit happened. Five people died. A dude tased himself in the nuts and he had a heart attack. Another woman was trampled to death. He tased himself? Tased himself in the nuts trying to fight the police who, at this whole event, they were waving Blue Lives Matter flags. So it's kind of crazy to also see a Blue Lives Matter flag being waved as you 
have a, a standoff like the movie 300 with with police. So that was pretty interesting to see as well. But yeah, a guy tased himself in the nuts and then had a heart attack. A woman was trampled to death by her own gang of terrorists. And a woman was shot in the neck and she died right there in the building. Um, I, I think, you know, I remember, uh, December 23rd, everybody was like, uh, that was their joke. Oh, black people are going to get superpowers and everything like that. And one power that I think black people have always had, and it just comes from so much trauma and having to deal with seeing things like Rodney King being beat within an inch of his life or seeing the George Floyd video or seeing, you know, the news of Trayvon Martin being murdered, you find a way to laugh through the pain. And so on that Thursday, I gave so much energy to Twitter just laughing because there was nothing else to do. You know, it was just it was so insane and it was like unbelievable, not only for the fact that it was. To see a Confederate flag being waved around in that building is insane. Like, I mean, there was an actual civil war with soldiers and generals and stuff to get rid of that flag Mm -hmm. and to see a mob of people crash into that building and wave a, a, a federal a Confederate flag around was absolutely disgusting. Yeah. But also the idea that just this past summer, we saw what it looks like when mostly black people uh, protest for a real cause, Mm -hmm. you know, reform in this country. And with the idea of that threat to those, you know, Capitol Police, to the the National Guard, what that response looks like when they even have an inkling of this could go another way, what that response looks like. So to see not only... Barely any police there present to defend the Capitol, but to see police officers letting people in and pulling gates back and opening back doors and waving people up to the to the Capitol building. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. And it was a textbook example of what privilege privilege looks like. Like if there was any questions, you know, about, uh, you know, a double standard or, you know, unspoken biases in this country that make black people feel crazy all the time. And people of other races where you go, look, I can't really explain why this is racist that happened to me, but it just is. And you, you, you wouldn't understand it unless you were in my shoes in that moment. And you lived a a day as who I am. I can't really explain to you what racism looks like, but it sounds crazy if you try to. Mm. And then six days into the new year, you were giving given a split screen of exactly what it looks like. I mean, if that was a Black Lives Matter protest, and as traumatic as it is to say, I saw a lot of white people who, felt, who you know, you know, call, you know, felt themselves to be, you know, speaking pro the right side of history, saying, "Man, if I know that if that was black people, they would have all been murdered." Oh, it would have been a bloodbath. Yeah, but like I know that, man. So don't, don't you don't need to say that. And yeah. the fact that the fact that everybody knows that already is is in itself is what people have been screaming about this whole time. I don't wish that I'm not happy that Ashley Babbitt is dead. I wish that Ashley Babbitt, I wish that we all got treated the way that that crowd got treated, you know, given that much leeway to get in the building, get up the steps. She got to where the, the secret service were like, well, the, the, the senators are here behind this wall. So you can't come. You, we already have let you in. Yeah. You've already destroyed things and taken podiums and, taking selfies and put the flag into statues and but you can't come this far the amount of leeway that they got it truly disgusted me and mm-hmm. i found it to be abhorrent and i'm not saying that she deserved to die but i mean what else what else do you do in a situation like that the secret service's job is to protect those people and you push them this far back yeah now what i will say is i uh 
I do feel sorry for Ashley Babbitt and those four people who were killed. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel sorry for them because of their actions. I feel sorry for them because they have been manipulated and brainwashed and lied to by somebody who then radicalized them and sicked them on his opposition. He, he over the last, since, since before the election, he's been telling these people and filling these people's heads with lies that nobody can. And, and, and also I want to say, you know. But this is the president, though. It's, bro, it's, it's, We're talking it's, about the president of the United States. It's insane. Man. For, it, you, for, it, for this to happen, for him to go, well, I mean, it makes sense because he's a psychotic narcissist, but for him to sit back and go, this is what I, this is what I wanted. They're, yeah. they're doing this over me. Yeah. It's exactly, it, it was a planned event. He knew the certification of the, of the election was happening that day. Everybody So he that. picked that day as the sixth to have this rally. And then he said, go, hey, guys, go to the Capitol. I can't wait to see what you guys do. And now I want to say, because um, I said something when the year turned over, or I said something on a, the day, the, the, the first episode after the election. I said something about finding common ground and, 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 and coming together. And, um, because we are two black people, and we have this platform. All kinds of people listen to this podcast from different countries, different walks of life. So I wanted to just put out a message of unification. I didn't want to be divisive. Mm. I didn't want to be braggadocious. I didn't want to say, fuck Donald Trump. I didn't want to say, if you voted for this man, you're, you're disgusting. And, 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 and there is no common ground to be found. Um, and I was wrong. I think we make our beliefs pretty clear on this podcast, how we feel. Mm-hmm. I am not, I am the definition of an independent. I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I think all these people are con otters and scammers and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But I do believe and have believed since the day I saw Donald Trump speak for the first time about running. I was like, this dude's dangerous and, and this can't happen. And then it proceeded to happen. And then along the way, people kept saying like, hey, man, you can't say that, man. That's really dangerous rhetoric. And then people call you snowflakes and you're overreacting and stop talking about politics and, you know, stick to just talking about whatever and don't get into that and this, that, and the third. And all along the way, people kept saying, hey, man, this dude is kind of dangerous and his rhetoric is dangerous. And everybody kept saying, you're melodramatic, you're wrong, you're, you know, how about, you know, he just talks, you know, the way the people talk and everything like that. And people have been warning about what happened on that day for four years yeah and it it happened so what i will say here on this podcast is i believe i believe in free speech i believe that people can have a conversation and if you can't find common ground then that's okay and you can still you know just move on it doesn't have to become an intense argument or anything like that there is no finding common ground with those people Mm -hmm. and just statistically and factually, I don't know anybody who went in the building itself, but I know I know people who were at the at the when it was just a rally and Donald Trump was there. And if you're still on that train, if you were still on that train that day, but if you're still on that train after those people murdered a police officer and committed an act of terrorism and treason, I don't I, I don't need to find common ground. I don't need to talk to you. I don't want you to don't listen to this podcast. Fuck us. If you're listening to this right now, you're going, I wish they would just get to the true crime shit, man. Like, I don't agree with that. So fuck Mm -hmm. him. Donald Trump was just stop listening, bro. Just stop listening. Cut it off. And GFY, honestly, you know what I mean? Like, you know, sincerely with Mm -hmm. respect, you know, like go fuck yourself. Like, you know, but with with respect, though, Um, I was wrong. I 
try to be unifying and, and, and play the middle and, you know, hey, guys, like both sides need to come together. But if that's the other side, there's no common ground to be found. There's no agree to disagree. That was a, an act of terrorism. Yeah. And that was absolutely fucking insane. And if you think that having a false equivalency of a Wendy's or, you know, throwing a Confederate racist statue into some water or whatever kind of thing of civil disobedience that happened last year is equivalent to this country being put on international television of a bunch of toothless monsters storming the Capitol in an act of treason. If you think that's comparable, you're fucking stupid. And I really don't have any other way to really describe that. You know, I, I, I just, it just is the truth, you know? So I don't know, man. Uh, like I said, the day that it happened, I was on Twitter just laughing through the pain and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. But once it kind of um, evened out and kind of the storm kind of quieted and then you're really just left with what happened, I was super despondent, man. Like I didn't – it was a bummer yeah. because that was the absolute sign that everything I said was wrong on the election. I was like, oh, there is no middle ground to be found with these people. It just – that's – this is this is a ha- this is half the country now, mm-hmm. half the country feel this way, you know. And there's there's really nothing to be done about that. People are talking about impeach Donald Trump two weeks before he's supposed to leave. Oh, once he's you know, oh he's banned from Twitter. So, what him not being president anymore has nothing to do with any of this stuff. Do you remember the movie Freddy versus Jason? Yeah. And at the end of Freddy versus Jason, you know, they had this plan of like, oh, they're we're gonna have them meet mm-hmm. finally. Mm-hmm. A certain section of the country, conspiracy theorists, whatever, if they want to call themselves not racist or anything like that, have found a Venn diagram with the country's most despicable racist people, and they found common ground, and despicable, horrible racism and prejudice isn't a deal breaker for the conspiracy people. So even if you're just like, oh, I don't believe in, I'm not racist, I just believe in, you know, psycho, psych, uh, psychic pedophiles and lizard people and the government bunkers underneath the ground in the the world order and if you if if somebody hanging up a fucking cross when i saw that footage did you see that no they brought a cross to the capitol and strung it up who let me ask you a question friend who do you think knows how to do something like that just instinctively racist racist, the (laughs) fucking kkk yeah you know so you are actively marching with people in the clan you think it was just like, oh, no, we're all just so Christian and we all work at at, uh, at churches. So we just know how to throw rope around a big giant cross and pull it up to the to stand erect and just pop it into this little cylinder and it stands there. No. We're just super Christian people. It's like, no, they they had to hold themselves back. There was a dude who wasn't in the frame who had a can of gasoline and there was a guy like, no, no, uh, I'm not saying literally, but I'm their instinct is to light it. that thing on fire. Yeah, that was not a symbol of peace. That was not a, a Christian flag, like I mean, a Christian symbol. That was a symbol of hate. You know, that was disgust. That was disgusting, and I feel like that's not being talked about enough. And the gallows, they had a noose. They were they were chanting "Hang Mike Pence, bro." His vice president, his vice president. As soon as these people, somebody doesn't agree with them, they turn on them. And I have no sympathy for any of these elected officials who promulgated and excused and 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 helped 
this man get as far as he did. So when I see Lindsey Graham getting harassed by these lunatics in the airport and I hear Mike Pence is, you know, doesn't know what he's going to do next and all these, you know, all these people are now the monsters eating itself. It just doesn't make any sense. It's crazy. It's like bro. a it's like it's crazy as fuck. Cuz I was at work, right? And it was before I got a chance to get on Twitter. It was like um it was kind of windy out and um a couple of people had they got like flagpoles and they mm-hmm. had the America flag and the Trump flag. Yeah. And there were two poles. Like, I'm not making this up. There mm-hmm. were two poles, right, you know, two houses across the street from each other. So the American flag was, like, tangled up yeah. on the pole. But the Trump flag was flying. Way too strong. It was. It, a symbol. Was like, that's a sim- that's, that, was, that was a symbol. But it was. this is before that I was, even got on Twitter. I was like, that's odd. That was the universe talking to you, bro. I was like, that's odd. I yeah. was like, hmm. Yeah. And I got on, I was like, I was like, what? And it gave me goosebumps. I was like, what yeah. the fuck? That's a metaphor for what happened on that day, bro. Like, that was the most despicable fucking thing. And then to see these people who booed and called for the death of Colin Kaepernick for peacefully protesting, yeah. right? The most peaceful protest we've seen in the last few <laughs> years. Like, yeah. I mean, including the Black Lives Matter protest, they've gotten you know out of hand a little bit that was the most peaceful form of protest that in this era of protesting that we've seen and those very people who created the blue lives matter flag and all those kind of stuff they killed a police officer. it doesn't make any sense it's insane there was a video of them crushing a police officer there were people pulling the mask off it was truly the most insane this was like the most like Psych- psychologically insane thing I saw they were crushing a police officer because there was a standoff within a small building inside of the Capitol yeah. so it's like the, the the Trump supporters pushing up against the police mm-hmm. and there was a guy getting crushed by the doorway his gas mask was being pulled off his face by Trump supporters and then on the side of him is another Trump supporter who's like hey guys guys stop stop pushing he, he's he's hurt yeah. about the police officer while being attacked by the people there's also people who are like yeah man we're here to fuck shit up but like I don't want to hurt police. Yeah. But then there's a, a group of people in front of them who are trying to hurt the police. So there's all these mixed messages and and just it was disorganized. Like and they beat chaotic. a cop to death. Oh, my God. It, it, it was the most disgusting fucking thing. It was disgusting. And but now it's like now this the guy on, on, on the you know time I had around right the day is like the, he had a Trump flag up. The Trump flag is not there anymore. He took it down. The Confederate flag some, is up Some there people. Now. But now I'm I'm kind of thankful because now. Anybody you see who's still waving that flag, still has the sign in front of their lawn or anything what, like the that. Trump flag? Yeah. Like, you know really what they're about. Yeah. You really like it. After that, yeah. you re- they probably were there. Yeah. The Trump flag the, the Trump, Trump flag was gone. The Confederate yeah. flag was up there. Well, that was, a, that was fucking embarrassing, man. Like, I mean, I, I see people, you know, people have um, resigned from his cabinet and everything like that. Like, it's a little late to jump off the fucking ship. Yeah, like, but it, it, it's a little too late. What, what scares me is for the people to go this far and they go... And you see a post like, oh, you know, they, they're making arrests and they're losing their job. If they went this far to, to like, put everything on the line, yeah. that's what terrifies me. Oh, yeah. That, and then you have foreign enemies going, hey, whoa, is that easy? Just Not only that, bro, but here's the crazy fucking part, right? I think every person who broke into that Capitol building was a treasonous traitor and should be arrested indefinitely. I don't even know how long of a sentence you can get, you should get for inciting a riot. A yeah. terroristic riot, right? But also think about anybody could have snuck into that building just under the, under that chaos. Oh my goodness! And put in a, a a ransomware virus into the Capitol building, stolen sensitive materials, 
gone in with the intent of blowing through all that shit and killing some senators. Kamala Harris was in that building. Uh, planting bombs, which I'm hearing word that they were, they did find some pot, some pipe bombs on the ground. You know, they could have done anything. They infiltrated the nation's capital and people were in there taking selfies ease, and, and, and smiling and ripping stuff off the doors. And they could have they could have let in uh, a, a, a Timothy McVeigh type of dude who was like, oh, I'm here to blow this whole building up with y'all in it. I don't care. Donald Trump said by any means necessary. And I believe because we already know that there's radicalized people. We, all those people were radicalized. That's a cult, man. But there could have been one who was super radicalized that was like, I'm blowing all this shit up. And we were lucky enough that that didn't happen. Well, the inauguration is coming up, so I'm not. They should zoom it. (laughs) Just zoom it, bro. Because that's going to be a mess. Just zoom it. Just zoom it. Just zoom it. Who gives a fuck about crowd size? There are insane people in this country. They're not going anywhere. And the other crazy part was when they were leaving, because they left, they just got to walk out. They were, they were, I mean, they were like, yeah, next time we come, y'all better put y'all guns down. And we're coming with our guns next time. Just the arrogance, you know. Yeah. What, you, what we saw on that day was the gentrification of oppression. We saw a bunch of people who have never known oppression yeah. in the sense of by the, by the hand of, you know, society. You know, not being able to do stuff, not being able to go into a building, not feeling comfortable in, in your own skin. And these people have been radicalized by this president to feel like they are the oppressed people of this country. You know, when people don't wear masks, now they're calling themselves uh, non-mask wearers and they are, they are treating themselves like they're martyrs. Oh, we're being shunned by society because we choose to celebrate our, our freedoms and not wear masks. No, it, because people are dying and you guys are being careless and disrespectful. And so people don't want you in their Walgreens. It's not, this isn't, this isn't, you guys aren't the new civil rights era. You guys aren't doing freedom rides. You guys aren't, you know, walking walking through Selma and having bricks thrown at your head. You're just assholes. It that's just it. It that's just it, man. And people don't like you. It's not a conspiracy. It's not um uh, you know, white genocide. It's not uh, the new oppression. You guys are just assholes. And that was the most assholeish thing I've ever seen on top of being a fucking crime. It was wild, man. And I don't want to talk about this forever. You know, we're we're not we're not qualified people. We don't know fucking thing, man. We both dropped out of college. But that, you know, we're living in history, man. That day will be written about in textbooks. And I needed to I need to process that. And so I'm, you know, I took the last 20 minutes and, and we talked about it. And we'll probably it'll probably come up again because it was the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen. I don't really know. Wow. I don't really know what to say, man. That was that was really fucking crazy. For the whole world to see. For the whole world. That was fucking embarrassing, man. And I'm not even the big like, you know, man, America and wearing American flag clothes and all this kind of stuff, but like I do have hope that this country can be great. Yeah. That's why I'm a fan of protest. I feel like you shouldn't say, "Hey man, if you don't like this country, get out." You should say, Hey, man, if you don't like this country, we should come to a middle ground and try to make it an equitable and fair country for everybody. I think that's the whole point of protest. So I don't while I while I'm not the most like I don't have an American flag waving in front of my house. I do believe in the ideals of this country, even though they weren't written with me in mind. I do believe that, you know, hey, man, if we can find a way to make it to where everybody feels like the American dream and all that kind of stuff is a real thing, 
then this country would truly be great. But at the same time, it isn't that way. And that's why people protest. But with that still having that hope in me to see that and to know that the world saw that was truly the most embarrassing thing I've ever felt as in a sense of national pride. You know, there's sometimes where you feel like, man, all right, man, uh, you know, uh, an American person did this or they saved this person or whatever. You go, man, we really do, man. We really try. America can be truly great people and care about people other than ourselves. And whatever that feeling I get when I see about a kid making it, whenever we do good vibe stories, Mm -hmm. whatever that feeling is that I get when we hear those kind of stories was the polar opposite and way stronger than anything I've ever felt in any good vibe story we've ever told. It was truly embarrassing in a way that like, you know, if you got pantsed in school or you fell down in front of it, like that times a billion. And it, I had no attachment to it, but at the same time, I have such an attachment to it because this is the nation that we live in. So it was truly embarrassing on like a, like a, like a, like a primal level. It was yeah. like, oh my God, like this is fucking embarrassing. I mean, I'm, I'm ashamed to go to another country yeah. and go like, oh yeah, yeah I'm American. Yeah. You know, like at that level. Also, we've been just, it, it's, we've been talking about this for a while now. It was like, it reminded me, when I saw this, it reminded me of, uh, you remember when LeBron James had one of the best performances as an NBA player in playoff history, I think. Sure, yeah. And and his teammate fucked up, and he went, like, <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? What are you, like, he had his hands up, like, man, look, yeah. look. What the, what, <laughs> like, we've been saying, like, what? We've been saying crazy. This, we, people That's have been wild. saying this the whole time, man, <laughs> and, 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 it, and it really is crazy. But, yeah, that man sicked his people, his cult. It's cold. It's a cold. It sicked his cult on the nation's capital, man. Wow. And I don't really know uh, where we go from here. I think that people have this idea in their head still, foolishly, that, you know, well, Joe Biden's going to get inaugurated on the 20th, and then these people just go away. Oh, bro, they're here. Your neighbor, everybody's made themselves perfectly clear yeah. and out and proud and all that. They're not going anywhere. They found each other. They're all on Parler and all these different sites now. And now another thing I'm concerned about is now they just banned this motherfucker from Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. So now I have these concerns that even though I just live on black Twitter and I'm just there for the lols, man. I'm there for the laughs. I don't get in all that fucking yeah. super crazy shit. But I'm just saying I have this fear that Twitter, all the all the people who are, you know, quote unquote right wing and like Donald Trump are going to go over to these other obscure websites. Yeah. And what then, doing that? and but now Twitter's going to be an echo chamber of liberalism and you know left wing ideas, and then there's going to be this other echo chamber of, you know, right wing ideologies on top of conspiracy nonsense and craziness, and then the country is now divided in every way possible because it's already divided, but now everybody's just talking to a bunch of people that agree with them. Well, on one yeah, side, I, and everybody's talking to a bunch of people that agree with them on the other side. Yeah, I heard about, somebody brought this up on the podcast. Listen to it was like that's how social media is now. That's the negative part about it because now you can just be in these little communities where you can. Oh, just, everybody agrees with you. Everybody agrees with you, and that's what and that gets you hyped up. Yeah, well, that's I what like, happened. Yeah, yeah. All of those people that you saw there are on Facebook groups where it's like we're right same, and same and yeah. they're all traitors and everything, and they get each other all riled up mm-hmm. and gassed up and everything like that. And then when you when that boils over, that's what it looks like. Yeah, that's what you saw. And I've seen instances of it where liberal people get themselves all riled up and do some foolish fucking shit and, you know, fuck some shit up or whatever. It can happen both ways. But that right there was the craziest fucking thing. That's right where you got to stop and you go, okay, well, this is fucking dangerous. It's one thing to be like, man, you can't say anything anymore. The PC police have run amok and you you can't get away with saying stuff and censorship and all that kind of stuff. But when you talk about people bringing nooses. They was in offices and shit, kicking their feet up and 
That's crazy, bro. <laughs> shit was wild. That's fucking crazy, bro. Um, I don't really, yeah. But on on the bright side, though, on the bright side, uh, we got one of the greatest pieces of audio that I think uh, twenty twenty will produce. Uh, this was a fucking we're storming the Capitol. It's a revolution. That's my favorite thing right now. That girl right there is my favorite thing right now. Just a fucking fool who really thought we're gonna stop this. We're gonna save Donald Trump and we're storming the Capitol. It's a revolution. Um, it's it's hilarious and it's my favorite thing right now because she's serious. Yeah. What's this January 9th? Today? Yeah. January 9th, bro. It's January. January period. It's, it's the, the this, first this month. Of, a little earlier than last it's year. It's the first <laughs> month of 2021, man. And that that's how it kicked off. Yeah. Round two, bro. Yeah. Round fucking two. Um uh, I'm not gonna play the music because we only have two uh, patrons, but I do want to shout them out, even though it, is, it does feel weird. So, I'm not, and that's another reason I'm not going to play the music. But shout out to Lynette, Lynette S. and Gabriela Olivares. Mm. I needed to say her name because I really worked on the pronunciation yeah, of it. Shout out to the two of you for joining our Patreon and showing us some support. Thank you very much. We uh, yeah. love and support you, and we hope you're doing well in yeah. the time like this. I can't speak for everybody, and maybe there are some people who are listening to this who <laughs> who foolishly expect us to be like, well, we don't, whatever happened on that day, let's talk about true crime stuff, man. Who cares? If you thought that was going to happen, like, come on, man. It's the fucking biggest story in the world right now. I don't, you know, if you're looking for a distraction right now, maybe you're the problem. Yeah. If you're looking to, like, not pay attention to what's happening in the world at a time like this, maybe you should look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself why you're doing that. That's what I say to you. To anybody who feels that way, like, oh, they've been talking for, like, 20 minutes. It's like, how about move on? Okay. <laughs> maybe if you're looking for a distraction when the fucking capital of the nation was just seized by terrorists and you're like, I don't really want to talk about that. That's enough of that then maybe you're the problem, man. Maybe people like you ignoring these issues for the last four years are the reason that it's bubbled up to the point that it's gotten to. But anyway, yeah. we are going to get into what we do here, which is talk about fucked up shit, which is, you know, it's just so much fucked up shit going on. It's like, <laughs> everything's fucked it's up all shit. So it's, it's all, it's all blending together. in together. But, you know, we're going to go ahead and get into the show. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, it's my turn to go first this week. Um, I have a, sh- a short story this week, um, a lighthearted story, just because there's a whole bunch of shit going on. I can't really, yeah. really focus on like trying to find some gruesome murder story to do. Um, so I uh, I did the story about um, basically the revolution um, of how um, fingerprints. Oh. Of how fingerprints, like what, beca- began to be used? Be, yeah, began to be used. Okay, got it, got Did it. Did I use the right word? Where Fingerprint ident- revolution. Maybe invention? Yeah, that's what I Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. I was like, what revolution? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, so, the fingerprint revolution? I don't know that one. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, so this is about um, how fingerprints, you know, became a big thing. Yeah, identification, fingerprint identification? Yes, Okay. but did you know it. anything about, like, how it got started or how it was used? No. From two, I black, mean, I, I, two black people. Really? Yes. Wow, man. It's like uh, that movie. Uh, what's that? What's that astronaut movie <laughs> with all those black ladies? They like invented going to space. What is that? That sounds stupid. It's not stupid. It's a real story, man. They used. They were like math geniuses, and they went to space, but they didn't get any of the credit, really. Oh, I thought you wait. What, I thought you said that they like invented. They invented the math that sent people into outer space. I can't remember the name of it, but this is okay. interesting. It's like this big revolution that you know yeah. has revolutionized. Um, solving crimes, and I didn't know two black people 
really made it popular. Yes. All right, so let's do the story, okay? Mm-hmm. So on May 1st, 1903, an African-American man named Will West entered the prison at Livingworth. Convicted for a minor crime in northwest Kansas. Upon entry... Hidden figures. Sorry, go ahead. That's that what it's called? Yeah, oh, hidden, hidden figures. That oh. was going to bother me. Like a sneeze. Go ahead, So, uh, Yeah, so upon entry, um, he went through the routine... Um, it was called the Bertillion or Battalion mm-hmm. System of Measurements. Mm-hmm. So, which is, um, it was just an identification system that was used to, that was invented by a French handwriting expert, dedicated criminologist, and biometrics researcher Alphonse Berton, Bertillion. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what he got the name from. So, that implemented, um, that was implemented in America prisons from 1887 um, so they can keep detailed records. Reports um, records of inmates that was coming in. Got it. All right. So like the prison numbers essentially. Yeah. So it was just they was coming in. They was uh, doing measurements on like okay, well we got to do you know your height, and your yeah. weight, and your size of your feet and your hands and to categorize like them essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Just to keep records up. Yeah. So that the identification clerks soon made a a startling discovery that Will was already serving a life sentence in the same prison for first degree murder. So he wasn't Will. <laughs> no, he was Will. Oh. He was Will. But there was a guy named William West. You had Will West. And then William and West. And then you had William West. Got it. Okay. William West was already in prison for murder. I did as much research, research as I could. I could not find William the West. murder story. I couldn't. Got nothing it. came up. Yeah. I went. Well, it's probably so obscure. He probably, you know, you know, got in a fight or oh, something. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like a serial Google, killer. I went to Reddit. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing came up. Um. So, yeah, so Will West uh, was in prison, but William West was already in prison serving a life sentence for murder. Right. So Will's measurements and photography were identical to William West. Like of his face or? Of his face. I'm going to show you a picture right now. So, but when you put the episode up, um, you can, so you can show everybody. I'll put them, yeah, I'll put them side by side. That's what you're about to show me. Oh, they're already side by side. Oh, okay. So this is. The mugshot of Will West. Of Will West. Will West. Not a murderer. Will West, not a murderer. And William West, okay. who is the murderer. Side by side. No, man. No. <laughs> Where'd you get the story from? What? That's cr- No. <laughs> Those are the same person. Let me see it again. That's what they thought. That's Will West and William West. Okay, now, now that I'm looking at it. Yeah, okay. I see. Yeah, I see some differences, but. That is nuts. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Da- uh, damn. Yeah. Okay. Will yeah. West and William West. William West. Wow. So physical features identical. For sure. Hair height, length. Height was the same. Yeah. Everything was it was like no skin tone looks the same. It's a black and white picture, but they look like the same complexion. Yes. Um, so it was just that's what I was like, what in the like what are the like the odds are <laughs> the odds of that is the odds are not very strong. I mean, maybe a will two guys named William West, but the name they look they look exactly the same, yeah. and you know that's crazy. Yeah. So, um, so they said that you know, um, so the Williams measurements and um, photograph were identical with those of William West, uh-huh. a previously a previously convicted murderer. Sure. The police were not surprised at all by capturing another. Um, so what they were saying was, they got Will West. So yeah, they, and it was like. You know, um, have you been here? Like, I have never. Uh, we have you already in the system. Yeah, our system that we have. 
I've never been here before. Yeah, I'm a first. So time. they was just like, yeah. they was just like, well, his best bullshit because it's not the first time we heard somebody go, I never been here. Yeah, and stuff like that. So using a powerful. So uh, they so at, fir- at first they thought that this was the will that like he escaped or something. So they were saying, yeah, like not escape, but he he just was on another charge. It was just like he just came. He was just another. But they like thought he crime. was out for murder. I don't know. They 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 were sure. Either way, what you're saying they is thought they, they thought him. it was him. They thought it was Got him. It. Okay. He was like, yeah. well, you've been here before. Yeah. And he was like, I've never, I've never been here. But you, we have you in our measurement yeah. system. Yeah. That you've been. Here. I've never been here. So oh, th- you've never been here before. They put the picture <laughs> in front of his face. You've never been here before, William. And and and, it, and another article I read, he was like. Y'all got a picture of me, but but the picture he saw, he was like, wait a second. Even he had a hard time, but yeah, he, he saw like, it. He's like, he said, y'all got a picture of me, but I've never been here before. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, that is me. <laughs> uh, uh, so um, so the police, they was not surprised of a uh, uh, criminal coming in there saying, look, I've never been here before. I'm innocent. You Use, know, yeah, using their powerful anthro, um, anthropometric system. And that's just a scientific study of measurement of proportions of the human body, which uh-huh. is like the height and the weight. Yeah. Um, nor were they surprised by Wes's denial of such conviction. However, to their astonishment, another William West on the on, um another William West, the owner of the previous record, was found to be already serving his life sentence in the same city. So the two Wests looked similar and had the same um, anthropometric measurements, but their fingerprints. Remark- remarkably mm. different um, fingerprints. So obviously, yeah, they got everybody has, everybody everybody has, has their own fingerprints. Yeah. yeah. So this this system worked really well until Leavenworth Penitentiary discovered that they had two Wests, one called Will and the other one called William, and they had almost identical features, facial features. That's when authorities realized they needed a better way to identify and distinguish between inmates. Therefore, claimed the pro finger printing activists the um. Anthropometric system was obsolete, and the age of fingerprints and the the new age of fingerprinting had arrived. So the prison then adopted, so the same guy that had his system of just body measurements, yeah, also created the, the fingerprint the fingerprints. So the fingerprint system is um at its main identification process for inmates. So the legend of William West was popular regard as marking the death of anthropometry, which was the what I said before. The height and the weight the height, part. Yeah. And the triumph of fingerprints. So, however, closer historical examination done by some scholars show that the story was manipulated, a manipulated version of the truth. Yeah. Um, so the propaganda of the pro-fingerprinting activists in the early 20th century, what was a fault in the West case was that the uh, the anthropometric system, the police officials glossing over that it was a seven- millimeter difference in the two men's footprint mm. yeah because it's like they can't be exactly <laughs> exactly this, you know, like, come on like man. the only thing that breaks it is the fingerprints yeah um so he said a much larger deviation um than what was allowed in the rigorous battalion system with such um pretense the the pro fingerprinting activists claimed that because the two blacks <laughs> the two black men were undistinguishable from their bodies and face faces but distinguishable from their fingerprints. So fingerprinting was a much more reliable identification technique, obviously. Yeah. Such perceived um such perceived similarities of racial minorities was exactly the basis of which fingerprinting gained its new authority. Mm. So they used these people who invented the fingerprint technology used this story to shit on anthropomology or whatever mm-hmm. to go throw that away. Yeah. Now it's fingerprint time. Yeah. Okay. That's taking advantage of a situation. I mean, it's a pretty crazy story. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, fingerprint is still we still use it today. Yeah, so. well, it makes it more sense. Powerful. It's yeah. also pretty fascinating. Like, yeah, I just take their word for it. That I mean, I I know they all look different because I can't open your iPhone and you can't open my iPhone. Yeah, yeah. But if you took two fingerprints and put them in that black shit and put them on a pad and was like, <laughs> what's the difference? I don't know how you, I mean, I guess you'd have to go to school study. and study. Yeah. Study. I, I feel like at a, you know, like a layman's eye, like if I, you showed me, I go, Oh yeah. They look the same to me. Can't you burn off your fingerprints? Oh yeah, man. People do that. But they grow back. You got to do it every couple of, a couple of months or so. That's nuts. You have to do it pretty often. You burn why them wouldn't, off. Why wouldn't murderers do that? Some of them do. Pain. Well, the crazy ones. Dude. I'm talking about. Oh that. yeah. No, but I'm telling you, it was probably some people at the Capitol that didn't have fingerprints. Think so? Oh, for sure. They, they like were, watch some YouTube video where it's like, if you want to go and do some shit, burn off your fingerprints. Yeah, you do all that, but you wave at the camera with a podium <laughs> in your hand. My man had it. See. My man had it over his shoulder, like, hello. Wait, just cheese it. <laughs> That's why I was like, oh, they don't care. Oh, those are those are those are those are, <laughs> those, are those are people who have no fear of police because the police have always worked for them. Yeah. So they go. I pay you like they were in there, they were in there committing terrorist acts and were like, I pay your fucking salary. Yeah. Like they were using that line. The line that I the line I've seen a white friend use when they get pulled over and they're a little drunk and they're like, Well, I'm gonna get out of this ticket by being a little bit of a dick. Yeah. yeah. Like a speeding ticket level of 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 arrogance yeah, they yeah. used in the middle of doing terrorism. Yeah. You work for me yeah. <laughs> while while macing a cop. But like then y'all just was y'all just preaching uh blue lives matter? Yeah, man. Like it doesn't like No, well not when it, you bother me. Make it make not sense. when you bother my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean like when you're doing that shit to them. <laughs> but when you start butt fucking with me and my insurrection and my terrorism, yeah. fuck you. Anyway, continue. <laughs> wow. Um yeah, so this story has been passed down through the generations and although some claims the fingerprints led authorities to discover that the second West uh-huh. was the real killer, the police would not have had um, access to the fingerprint evidence from the original crime scene. <clears throat> so they don't, they don't have... Um... William's fingerprint. Oh, wait, wait. I got that confused. So they had William in there. Yeah. As the murderer. Sure. But Will was the murderer. They end up this. Was, <laughs> oh, so this is a this second, is an unjustified the second the second will the second will that came in. So this is Will. William was already in there serving life sentence. Will was the second guy that came in that was had minor, minor charges. Minor charges. Okay, but they discovered that the second will was the real murderer. But so the guy that came in, the new guy, the new guy is the real murderer of the murderer that and, William was in prison William, for. Yeah. What? Yep. Yep. Wow, a wrongful conviction story. Now, come on, man. where is this from? <laughs> the odds of that is crazy. So this guy, this guy, uh, this guy, Will, yes, stole some liquor from a liquor store. Whatever, whatever. Is came in. No, man, I didn't I commit a murder. Nothing. That that's not me. Yep. But then when they bring the fingerprint situation in, it turns out he did commit the murder. Yeah. That William West has been sitting in prison for this whole time. Yep. Come on, that's crazy. Now that that just took the odds to like. Um, stealing an election level. <laughs> I done went through two or three pages of this damn because I'm like, I'm like, all right, I've never heard this. I've never seen these damn twins. Yeah, ever went to YouTube. It's like a really fucked up version of that show, Sister Sister. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of Sister Sister, right? Go for it. Really put your finger out there. Yeah, because I I used to watch this back in the day. Right? Sure, obviously used to love it. So Sophie likes to watch it now. Great you show. Know, can we watch the sisters? That's what she called it. Yeah, the right. sisters. <laughs> That's hip. So I'm watching it, right? Mm-hmm. 
So back in the day, you know, you, you used to watch TV, and then maybe you didn't, but I did. I just gloss over the the backstory of just uh, this show. <laughs> what do you this mean show, like the, this how show the show, was, show was set this up? This show was funny. <laughs> let me get. Let me get to. <laughs> let me get. Nobody else. I'm gonna let you finish, but nobody else does it. Like, who cares about me. the storyline or like who's this person? Me. I don't care. Where's the jokes at? So, yeah, this is. I like this. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> I like this show. Uh huh. I like the morals that you know they they do in the show. You know what to do right from wrong. Uh huh. Like but I don't know how they but all I got here. <laughs> let me finish. Okay. So I'm watching it, and I go, hmm, because I'm I'm like, <laughs> now I'm almost thirty years old. Right? Uh-huh. I turned thirty this year, so I'm like, I'm piecing parts together. I'm like. So they're twins, uh-huh. but her dad is her dad, and, dad and her mom is her mom. The mom and the dad don't date. Uh huh. Like, wait a second. Uh huh. Oh, this oh, is how- that's the premise of the show. You're on like season three, episode seven. Like, oh wait, they were separated at birth and adopted. What? This is a really interesting storyline of the show. I didn't even. <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's that's fucking crazy, and that's that doesn't surprise me at all because I know how you watch movies. That is crazy as hell. Nobody watches like, TV oh. like that. Nobody. Wa- so you just watch Sister Sister, and you're like, here's another funny episode. Oh, go home, yeah. Roger. Hilarious. Yep. And then you all of a sudden were like, wait a minute. So she's calling him Mister Such and Such, yeah. and then the other one's calling her Mister Such and Such. Yeah. And they're not dating. Like, something right. They all live in the house together. You just didn't. You just never paid this any mind. No. Until 2021. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What? <laughs> okay, wow, that's a really interesting show." Yeah, like, wow. Okay, yeah. I was like, "This is a good show." <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. I liked it. It was good. Yeah. But now I was like, oh, yeah, man, "Wow, that's how they, that, that's an interesting story. That's a cool twist." <laughs> that show came out wow in like nineteen ninety six. Hey man, this is how I operate. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, they found out Will was the real killer. Um, so the police would not have found, again, not found the fingerprints on the original crime scene. Yeah. And fingerprints now play a crucial role in police investigation and the legal system today. But I did this. I wanted to bring this up because, like, this <laughs> fingerprints, black people played a big part in fingerprints. Yeah, <laughs> but ahead. wait. So because originally when you started, I thought you were saying they invented it. You're saying, no, this this crime. This Made it a national thing, like oh, maybe we should start using fingerprints. But they wasn't using it. I mean, but they wasn't using it at all. Yeah, but like a black person didn't invent fingerprinting technology or whatever. No, right? I'm not saying a black person invented. But they put it, it on. The, they put it on the map. But they put it on the map. I they, got it. Okay, at to first, convict, that's, that's to why convict I black people. Yeah, is, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what? Yeah, uh, that's why I brought up the hidden figures thing because they they invented the math to send people into space. I thought you were. I thought this what was going to be a story. What math sending them to space? What do they do? I'm listen, I'm not an astrophysicist, man. I, they got to use math or ge- do they geometry or trigonometry? Okay. They got to do something, man. They don't just. You think they just? You think they just point it up to the sky and, and, and press go? Yeah. No, you got to do all kind of calculations and stuff. I'm not gonna try to. I dropped out of college, man. I'm not gonna try to explain. How did they come back down? I'm sorry, I don't mean to get off track, but how oh, did they? They just come down. They come they just, down they like get into the orbit. What movie did I see when they came back and like to this like this little metal thing and caught on fire? That's what they do. The whole thing the water? It breaks apart. It breaks apart while it's coming in through the atmosphere, and yeah. then what's left is a really sturdy kind of capsule, and that has a parachute on it. And they pull the parachute once they get out of the burning part of the atmosphere, oh. and then they float down to the water and ocean. Yeah, in the ocean, or I think they probably aim for the ocean most of the time. Yeah. But like, or maybe they land on the land. But then, like, some people die from that. Well, a, a, a ship blew up going up. Oh, I thought it was coming down. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like you probably got better like, odds coming down. It was like it was 15 years ago, right? Something like that? Yeah, something like I think it was Apollo 13 or something like that. It blew up going up. Shit. Yeah. 
Nah, I don't know. I nah, I'm cool. Space. Yeah, no, I'm cool. Yeah, but that was my um short story, lighthearted story. I hope some people like that story. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't Will know, West so. and William West. Yeah, with a little sister sister trivia thrown in there. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Well, no, that was mad interesting, but I did. <laughs> I did thought I was kind of like, yeah, man, Black History's around the corner. Let's shed some light on some black inventors. And you're like, uh, no, these people were in jail for nah. crimes, but a wrongful yeah. conviction was overturned. Still, I, one of them still uh, murder. Yeah, but the other guy got out. I have to hope. I don't know. They were probably like, you know what, man? You've been here so long. You got to stay, too. That's just the rules. You stole a piece of gum? You got to stay. <laughs> and you're black. <laughs> you want to stay. You you put us through all this trouble. Now we had to switch our whole system. <laughs> you broke our system. Both, both of y'all stay in here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's my turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. And we are back. Fran, are you ready for my affirmative murder? Yes. Mine is a little more traditional. I hunkered down and just kind of, I had already started to do one. And then this happened, so I just finished it up. I'm going to do the uh, the story of Darren Van. Okay. Uh, my sources are Murderpedia mm-hmm. and the uh, uh, an article from TheMedium.com that was written by a woman named Jessica Blake. Okay. <clears throat> so Darren Van was born on March 21st, 1971 in Indiana. He didn't spend his entire life in Indiana, though, because he moved to Cherry Hill, North Carolina, in the early 1990s. Mm -hmm. While there, it is believed that he had his first brush with the law. Records do not indicate exactly what he was arrested for or if he went to jail. But uh, during the early 90s is when he married a woman who was 30 years older than him. Mm. Uh, Much to the dismay of of her son, Edward Matlock. So... I did the math when because he was born in 1971. They got married in 1992. So he was 21, and she was at least 50 years old, Jeez. which which means that her son, this guy. Same age. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> about the same age. Yeah. And he's coming in there and is like, yeah, I'm your new pap-pap. You know, I'm, yeah. you know, call me daddy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I would have absolutely, it, the marriage wouldn't have lasted too long. Yeah. Or, I, or me and my mom would not be on speaking terms because we would have squabbled at least five times, me and this dude. Yeah. Because just 10 years before he showed up, I know what I wasn't allowed to get away with. And then I got, you got a dude that's my age in the house, you know, walking around without socks on and yeah. drinking the juice out of the carton and, and picking food while it's still, you know how, you know, when you cook the food, you put it on the plate next to the oven mm-hmm. before you serve it. Mm-hmm. He coming in there, picking off the, off the plate that you're putting the rest of the fish on. Yeah. All that kind of disrespectful shit. We yeah. were, I'm like, you, you let him, it would have been a real baby boys type of situation. Cause that's crazy. 21, you marry a 50 year old woman. And she has a son who's around your age. But uh, in an interview with CNN, uh, (laughs) Van's stepson, who often talked, (laughs) yeah, Van's stepson, he said that, he said, Matlock said that Van would often talk to himself. He also expressed that he did not allow Van near his kids or in his home. And he already didn't like him being married to his mom. So he's like, well, you're not coming to my house or being around my kids. I don't give a shit. Oh, her son. Yeah, her son. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, her yeah, son yeah. is like, listen, y'all, that's y'all business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not my stepdad. These are not your no, he's step grandkids or anything. He's that. your stepdad. Why are you talking? He's not my stepdad. I'm not talking to him. He's yeah, no, but like, no, no. He's just a dude that married your mom. Well, I'm grown. You're, we're the same age. I'm going to call you Darren. So at a point, a van and this guy's mom moved to Austin, Texas. And, uh, 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 Matlock remarked that Van would often uh, spend time in the rough po- areas of Austin. Okay, so he was, you know, he liked to be around the the seedy parts of town. Yeah, get into get into some trouble, some shenanigans, and things like that. 
After losing his job, Van and his wife decided to move from Austin to Gary, Indiana. Okay. While in Gary, that's home of Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five. That's where they started. Yeah, why did he move so far? I don't know. He started in Indiana. That maybe you know people. Sometimes people are like I want a fresh start or a job opportunity. He did. He did work in Austin, but then he got fired, so he moved back to Indiana and moved to Gary. Hmm. While in Gary, he began seeing another woman. In April two thousand four. Van was found holding that woman hostage with a can of gasoline and a lighter. What? Uh, according to a, a police affidavit tied to that incident, Van threatened to burn down or blow up the home of a man who he believed was sheltering his girlfriend. Okay. Then, in front of the police, he grabbed his girlfriend and then told the police to back up or he would burn himself and the girlfriend. Mm. This is what, according to the affidavit. Uh he was charged with a Class D felony and spent the preceding 90 days in jail. That's it? That's it. In and out. Probably got more time than a lot of those people at the Capitol. No way. Dang, no. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't gonna get shit. Once released, he decided to pack up and head back to Austin. It was in Austin that his behavior began to escalate. Mm. Van connected with a woman through an escort service and met up with her in an, in an apartment. While there, he raped and attempted to choke the woman. He was eventually indicted on the crime in July of 2008 and sentenced to five years in prison. During this time, his 16-year marriage to his wife dissolved. 16 years? They, they stuck in there through all the trials and tribulations. She's like 70? Yeah, something like that. She was 51 in 1992, and now it's 2008. So it's 2002, Jeez. that's, you know, call her 61. You can see that one coming. What, she, well, yeah. Him, like, messing around. Yeah, I mean, he definitely married this woman like to live with her. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he needed somebody to f hold him down financially. And I'm sure her son recognized what the deal was. And that's why he didn't like him. Yeah, so so they divorced and then after he was released in prison in July of 2013, he he had to register as a sex offender and then he returned to Gary, Indiana. Authorities in Austin deemed him to be a low risk and he was able to fly under the radar. Mm. In the 15 months after Van left Texas from prison for rape, mm -hmm. police said Van killed seven women mm. with six of their bodies found in some of the estimated 10,000 abandoned structures in Gary, Indiana. And every Damn. time I hear stories like this, I always think of that scene in 8 Mile where they remark on a girl, a little girl who got murdered in, a, in an abandoned house and they found her and then they burned the house down in the movie. Really? Yeah. And just being in Baltimore and all the abandoned houses and I think about what and then they remark on that in the wire and just all the insidious things that the the remnants of a thriving community have had happen in them. So a house that used to have life and the dad worked yeah. at a mill and all this kind of stuff. Now a dude is taking a girl in there, raping her and killing her and just leaving her in this shell of a house. Yeah. And there's so many of these houses all around Baltimore. Yep. And all around I guess every predominantly black city because the industry's moved away to the suburbs and destroying these um these communities and then the houses just 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 rot away. Mm -hmm. You know? Backs of the houses fall, fall out. Off, yeah. Yeah, it's just insane, it's man. Mess. Once back in Indiana from Texas, he began to hook up with women via backpage.com. Um, October 17th, 2014 is when he hooked up with Africa Hardy. Hardy, who was 19, had recently moved back to Chicago after graduating from high school and living for five years with her mother in Aurora, Colorado, which is where <laughs> the Batman shooting happened. Authorities say Darren Van 
hired a sex worker through the Backpage.com site serving Chicago, which is only about a 35-minute drive from Gary, and arranged to meet up with Hardy at a Motel 6. She met up with Van at the hotel in Hammond, Indiana. Sometime during that night, the woman who had helped to arrange Van and Hardy's meeting began texting Hardy. Now, this woman, um, I'm going to get to it, but her and Africa had started an escorting business together. Mm. So she was kind of like, you know, when you know, whenever we hear these stories of um, um, sex workers who survive, you know, um, um, the, you know, the Cleveland Strangler and stuff, they go, well, they call me, they get in the, the car with the John and then we text each other throughout the night to make sure they're safe. Yeah. She was that for Africa. Okay. So, uh, they did that for book for like back and forth. Yeah. Just to like, Hey, I'm okay. Okay. I'm done. I'm coming back. This kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, so she, so her and Hardy are texting back and forth and the woman felt like the responses she was receiving were suspicious. So she and a male friend, a pimp most likely, went to the motel around 9.30 p.m., and upon the arrival, they found Africa strangled to death in the bathtub. Mm. Sometime during that night, Shamika Cunningham, is her friend's name, okay. uh, recalled the van was using the online name Big Boy Appetite. Boy. Yeah. Super creepy. Anytime what? a grown man is calling himself a boy, <laughs> it's creepy. Uh, he was calling himself Big Boy Appetite when he res- when he responded to Hardy's ad posted on the website back page. Uh, Shamika said Hardy texted her at 5.17 p.m. that Friday, indicating that the man, Darren Van, was at the motel with her. So she's just sending her a text like, he's here, mm-hmm. we're about to do the business, whatever, and I'll talk to you afterwards. Shamika said after Hardy went past the normal time for an appointment, she tried to call Hardy's cell phone as many times as eight, but there was no answer. She texted Hardy's phone and received a response that didn't make any sense, leading her to believe that the man had sent, had, that the, man had sent the message. She and a male friend, as I you know, said before, it sounds like it might have been a pimp or some kind of protection, went to the motel around 9.30 p.m. Upon arrival, they found Africa strangled, in the, uh, strangled to death in the tub, and police used Africa's phone and traced her last activity to Van. Van was found to have Africa's pink cell phone in his possession. Van was quickly arrested and charged with her murder. Once arrested, he confessed not only to the murder of Africa, who he strangled with his hands and an extension cord while wearing white gloves before putting her body in the bathtub of the motel room, turning the shower on and leaving, but also to a total of seven other women wow. or a total of a total, like including Africa, seven women in total. What was the text? Did he say what the text was? To like what he said, yeah. no. But you know, if you don't say, like, "Girl, it's lit," or whatever, kind of, if it's like, "I am fine, I am in the hotel," yeah, I it's like, know what yeah it was yeah. definitely, it was weird enough that it wasn't how they talked to each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know what they actually said. Um, he then led police on a gruesome tour through the city to find the other women. So he mm. used, he he got caught, and I, they said that they think they caught him off guard because they caught him so fast. They caught him, they caught him like hours after he committed the murder, mm. and they, they think that they caught him so off guard that he was like. Well, I'll tell you other murders I committed if you take the death penalty off the table. So because he felt so pressured and it was he didn't have time to get his thoughts together, he immediately was like, okay, I'll give you some more information about some other stuff that I did if you give me a lighter sentence. He was already looking to put a, a plea together right out of the gates. And they jumped right on it, and then he ended up driving them around to abandoned houses where he left uh, other dead bodies. That's crazy. Uh, Tierra ba- Beatty's family reported her missing in late January of 2014. 
Her boyfriend, Marvin Clinton, told CNN's Poppy Harlow that at first they held off because uh, Bately had been known for leaving home and Gary for days and even a week at a time. But as the days passed, they became increasingly concerned and contacted the police. Clinton also said, we know her daily routine. She would go out, you know, and hang out, go visit friends and things like that. But she would always stay in touch with the family. Beatty, who was 28, didn't work. She was more of like a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was like, I don't know if she was a homemaker or if she just like, you know, didn't work. But that's how her husband, her boyfriend described her. as like she stayed home, took care of the house and the kids. Her mother, Gloria Cullum, said her daughter was mentally ill and often was willing to trust people. She was found in, she was found in an abandoned home by police based on the information from Van. Christine Williams was a resident of Gary, Indiana, and a mother of four. She was employed at the time of her death. Her mother-in-law stated that she had not heard from Williams since February of 2014. She was also found in an abandoned home. Mm. Aneth Jones, who was 35, from Mary... All of them them were raped in... He was a serial rapist. Every woman, he raped them and murdered them. I think there's there's a story also of a a woman... Well, no, I already read it. he, He did five years in prison for raping a woman. Yeah. And I think that was probably his trigger, getting sent to prison. He raped her, but he didn't kill her. So he still probably had an impulse to rape. And then he was like, well, I'm not going to let them go this time. So he would rape them and then murder them. Mm -hmm. Um, Aneth Jones, who was 35, she was from Merrillville, Indiana, was last seen alive on October 8th, 2014, and reported missing two days later. Her car was found parked in the driveway of an abandoned house in Gary, Indiana. After Van was arrested, he pointed the police in the direction of an abandoned house in Gary where her body was found and two victims later identified as Sonia Billingsley and Tanya Gatlin were also found. So he put all three, three of them in one house. Wow. Yeah. So again, you can really, you start to see the, the patterns fall apart. They get lazy. They're like, I don't feel like trying to find another house. I got bodies here and there. I'm just going to start. This will be my hub for a little bit. Yeah. And he killed three women or at least he, brought them to the same house. I don't know if he did the deed at the same house, but this became a place where he's like, I'll just stack them up here, man. I don't feel like going to another thing, which is really interesting when you see that's the psychosis just falling apart. We're like, man, I don't know. I'm not getting caught. I don't have to, I don't have to do the precautions that I'm, why am I going to all these different houses? Yeah. They're not catching me, which is really sad. Cause like really all the women, I think mostly most of the women, if not all the women were black women. And so, you know, a lot of them were sex workers. And so, yeah, he, he, he realized like, Oh, Nobody's looking for these women. Yeah. So I'll do whatever I want. Who needs to be careful? one of them shitty houses. Yeah. Like, who needs houses. to be careful? I'll just use the same one. I, I, I'm, why have I been being cautious for the other three? Fuck it. Um, a seventh body eventually identified as Tracy Martin was also found after investigators combed through dozens of abandoned homes in the vicinity uh, of the, that in the vicinity that the, the vicinity that the other victims were found. Um, so even though they felt like, he, he came forward with information, but they also looked through a bunch of the abandoned houses because they were like, he might be lying or not telling us everything. So they combed through a bunch of other houses. He probably forgot, he probably forgot some. Oh, I'm sure. They actually have a whole thing I'm going to get oh, into okay. as well. Uh, he was charged on October 22nd of 2014. On March 8th, 2016, Van was charged with rape, attempted murder, criminal deviant conduct, and criminal confinement related to a separate incident that occurred with another woman he met through backpage.com this woman didn't he didn't kill she got away Mm. he lured this he lured this woman to what was the home of his brother 
His brother lived there with his girlfriend and children. Once there, Van repeatedly raped this woman. And at one point, she fought to get away, and he tied her up and then raped her again. Mm. He kept her there for at least two hours, which is like maybe I have to assume I didn't read. I did some digging on that, and his brother wasn't charged as like an accomplice, so maybe he wasn't there, and he just used his brother's house, but I don't know because this is a lot to be happening. It's like, hey, bro, I got a girl with me. Can I, can I come? You know, like how do you even phrase that? I don't even understand, you know? So I have to assume maybe he had a key. And he just gained entry by himself. Because I, I couldn't find. Asked, I think he probably asked for permission. I don't think. I'm saying either way. I think maybe he wasn't there. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Thought, maybe yeah. he asked, "Hey, bro, can I come over? I got a girl with me. Yeah, Whatever yeah. kind of thing like that." But I couldn't imagine them being on the couch. And he's like, and then he has a girlfriend. Because I mean, I couldn't imagine going to my brother's house and being like, "Hey, man, can I like hook up?" It like consensually. Yeah. Hey, man, can I use your house to have sex in? And he has a girlfriend, and she's not like, "Ew, that's piggish." No, yeah. he can't. You know. And then you got to go. Sorry, bro. Yeah, man. She said no. You can't. You know that whole thing. So I couldn't imagine that not happening. So I think maybe he was out of town or not there. And he, you know, hey, bro, can I use the place for a little bit? For a little bit. So this whole travesty, you know, this traumatic, terrible thing happens, and then he for hours, and then he then put a hood over her uh, head, and then gagged her and forced her into the car. Now I think he was probably going to take her somewhere and kill her, right? So he forced her into the car. He began to drive through the town where she fought She fought with him in the car. She managed to free herself from the gag and scream. A couple of passersby heard him and came to her aid. One shot a gun at him mm. or shot a gun into the air, spooking wow. Van, who then ran away on foot. So I don't know if he was driving her car or what, but he just left the car. It wasn't until she saw Van's arrest for the string of murders on TV that she made the connection some 19 months after the incident. Damn. So she just was out there dealing with that trauma, no justice for 19 months, and then just happened to see that this guy got caught, and she goes, that's the dude that raped me. Yeah. And then came forward and, and pressed charges on him on, while he's already dealing with, like, a septuple homicide charge. So really, she's going to get justice because she's going to get recognized, but, like, he was going to prison anyway, you know. But the the sit on the news and go, that guy raped me, and then finally he killed. Seven he went other on women. to do more, and yeah, and then also have to deal Whoa. with like, so he was going to kill me that night. Yeah. So who knows what that comes? Who knows what you already have trauma, and then you go, oh my god, like he was going to kill me too. That's a lot, man. Van pled guilty to all seven murders, and on May twenty fifth, two thousand eighteen, he was sentenced to life in prison. Good. Thomas Hargrove, who founded the Murder Accountability Project, used an, a mathematical algorithm to determine that Van may have murdered murdered a total of eighteen women, just based on his pattern. Eighteen? Yeah, just based on his. A, this is all, but this is all speculation. It's, it's, I believe. I mean, there's. I do. I do too. Just because you know, we do stories. We, you know, Samuel Little and, and the Grim Sleeper and um, Alton Coleman, the the Cleveland Strangler. Where once you get into a pattern of your 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 pool of of victims is a pool of people who aren't really being looked out for or yeah. cared about or not making headlines and police departments aren't searching for them. And you get into a rhythm of like, Oh, I kill a woman every week. And then you don't get caught for a decade. But why not tell them though? Tell them that by all the victims though. I think maybe because as every, everybody has a, a self per, per, a self preservation mechanism in their brain. And even Seven sounds better than 18. Now, I'm not saying 18 is the number, but maybe it's 15. Seven sounds better than 15. So it's like, I'll say seven, but I know it's more than that. But like, 
I don't want to be known as the guy that killed 15 people. That's terrible. You can always find a way to justify That's in your brain. That's crazy. I mean, we just saw it on Thursday, man. Those people were like, no, nah, man, they pushed us to this. We aren't bad people. They made, they are bad. You can find justification while you're doing horrible shit. You can always find a reason why you're not the bad guy. So he goes, you know, yeah, man, I mean, seven is bad. I, I'll own up to that to try to get the deal. But I don't want to tell him about the other seven because then, like, I, I'm, like, the guy that killed 14 people. That's crazy. That's a crazy person. I don't want to be known as a crazy person. So I, be, I believe that I believe that it's possible just based on his pattern and his victim pool and how long that he wasn't caught for that, he you know, he could have killed up to upwards of 18 women or more. So, yeah, Thomas Hargrove you know, comes forward with this algorithm. He works for the Murder Accountability Project. He says, I think it was a total of 18 women. And the coroner was in agreement. He goes, you know, yeah, man, I mean, he did seven in six to eight months. So if he was doing this pre-January, who knows what the numbers could be. Uh, Currently, the police are not investigating any additional murders, nor has Van pled guilty to any such. Incidentally, Van was charged on February 2016 with battery by bodily waste after he threw a carton of filled with urine and feces at a corrections off a corrections officer. Uh. So it's good to know that he's in jail, really reforming and becoming a better person and really learning his lesson. Sounds like he's um, doing a lot better gross. there. Super fucking gross. One to collect your fecal matter and piss. <laughs> Two to combine them with no water to 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 dilute it. Like I've been inside of abandoned houses with with JJ because he you know he, when when I used to help him do his yeah. uh whatever his um insurance adjusting. And I've smelled like shit on a floor. Yeah. With no toilet bowl or a <laughs> Clorox capsule to dilute it. Yeah. And it's it's different. Whatever you think shit smells like, <laughs> like when you take a bad shit in the toilet, anybody listening, you go, oh, that smells horrible. If that shit just is on some hardwood, it's a whole different chemical balance and the, the smell is different. Yeah. So to put that in a carton and then pee on that <laughs> and then to be despicable <laughs> enough to throw that at somebody. Yeah. Cause you know how foul it is. That's, heavy. that's disgusting, man. That's that's disgusting. Pee all in your mouth. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's my last day, and I'm fighting him, and I'm fighting him. <laughs> that's my last day, and I'm gonna assure this is my last day because I'm gonna fuck him up. I'm unlocking, <laughs> open up cell twenty three, and I'm going in there, and we just you gotta run me my fade. You might have a bag of bottle in there. Oh, that's yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> then it gets in your eyes. You got piss in your eyes and yeah. shit in your eyes, and he beats you up. Yep, then probably it, kill you, knock you oh, out. Oh yeah, because he yeah, he, oh yeah, he's a murderer. In the moment of passion, I got piss and shit all over my face. Yeah. I probably would have gone in there. But then I wouldn't be surprised if he killed me because yeah. he's murdered seven people. So he's like a, a terrible person. He like yeah, he is yeah. a terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> he is a terrible person. Um, but uh yeah, let's try to let's try to uh, turn things around. Let's let's get into these good vibes. Are there any good vibes? I don't Probably not, but I guess we'll try to <laughs> to find something, you know. That's right, folks. Despite what we said, uh, we were able to track down some good vibes in this crazy, crazy time. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and kick things off first because this is good vibes to me. Uh, I found an article about a film festival that is looking for people to spend seven days alone watching movies on a remote lighthouse island. Mm. Uh, The article reads, does locking yourself up somewhere all alone for a week and just watching movies sound like your idea of bliss? Yes, it does then we have got a film festival for you. 
the Gothenburg Film Festival is conducting a pandemic cinema experience in the form of a contest. One candidate chosen from applicants around the globe will be treated to a week's stay at this site of the historic uh, Pater Noster's Pater Noster Lighthouse located on the craggy island of Hammerskar off the west coast of Sweden. Now, I don't you probably you haven't seen the White House. I mean the lighthouse. You don't need to see it. It's pretty I don't think you'd like it at all, but it's pretty fucking crazy and you get to stay at that lighthouse. Uh while there, the winning cinephile will get free room free room and board along with unlimited access to this year's uh festival rosters of films. Uh, they are they are totally isolated. They are not allowed to bring anyone. Of course, they are not allowed to bring anyone. Of course, but also no phone and not even a book. You go by yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. in complete complete isolation. Uh, artistic director Jonas Holmberg told CBS's "As It Happens," uh, it will be it will be only this person and the sea, the waves, the sky, and the sixty different premieres that we are screening at the festival. Inspired by the pandemic, Holmberg says the experiment aims to examine how social distancing has transformed the movie-watching experience. The most obvious change is the shift from in-person to online and at-home movie viewership. While traditionally, going to the movies has been something of a, com- of a communal experience shared with other members of an audience, where once people went to the movies for company, more and more, the films themselves are what provide a uh, communal connection. According to the festival website, Gothenburg Film Festival 2021 will be anything but conventional. No crowds, no parties, no sold-out cinemas. This year's festival focus, social distancing, explores the new world that em- that has emerged in the wake of the pandemic. What does film mean to us when uh, when we are isolated from everything else? To investigate, we are opening a brand new cinema in the middle of the ocean. No phone, no family, no friends. Just you, the sea, and the festival's film program with 60 film premieres for seven days. Requisites for the for the winner, according to Holmberg, are number one, the person must be a true film fan. Number two, he or she must either enjoy or tolerate solitude well. Because they're like, I don't want to send somebody out there and they lose their fucking mind. Maybe. Yeah, because <laughs> this, this, there wouldn't be a, a 2022 film festival this thing. Number three, since they'll be expected to document the experience with a video diary, it's crucial for them to be an adept communicator. Okay. Well, I know how to I, I, I do a podcast. I can communicate a little bit. Uh, they will talk about how life is on the island um, and how these special conditions have affected the relationship to them, uh, to the films and, uh, that they have seen, Holmberg says. The immersive solo movie experience takes place from January 30th through February 6th. The winner will live in the lighthouse keeper's home, but all movies will be will be air in a purpose built oh will be aired in a purpose built one person cinema inside the lighthouse we're not sure if popcorn is included so i just thought that was a you got a picture of it can i see it well this is the island it looks you gotta be in the that thing right the lighthouse yeah well this is the there's a house right there oh that's the lighthouse there's like a property that's where that's where uh and um, it gets on the boat will them defend yeah you have i guess or a boat Probably a boat, maybe. But uh, yeah, so seven what, days. What were you saying again? That's what we're. Willem Dafoe and uh, Edward, uh, the dude from Twilight, he's in it. He's uh, in what? This movie, the, the Lighthouse. This oh. the island is a, a film was 
filmed on it. A movie was filmed. But you on can it. go there to watch movies. That's where they're doing the festival. Is on this island where this movie was filmed. Hmm. Um, I just think that at a time like this, I would love to just get away for seven days by and, yourself. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. I just right. just unplug too. The idea of no phones, I'm kind of interested in that. Like forcing me to, you know, put my phone down and I don't have a choice. I'm into all of that. I'd you know, I'd be cool with just isolating for seven days. Just. Mm. You know, just getting away from it all. I'm plugging oh, for a no. little bit. I think it, I think you come back with a different perspective where you might even not even grab your phone as much just by instinct. Seven days without it and just watching movies and being with yourself and your thoughts. I probably try to sneak some mushrooms with me, but I think it'll be an interest, I think it'll be I think it'll be an interesting experience. So for anybody who's interested, you know, should, you should look into that. Maybe apply. Um, anyway, Fran, what uh? Oh, yeah, about mine. Yeah, what is yours? What are your What are your good vibes that you? Uh, have? so my good vibe is is about the New Jersey Congressman Andy Kim. Who uh, began cleaning up the um, the Capitol at one in the morning? So uh, it was late. It had been a long day filled with surreal events in the wake of a crazy, day, a crazy yeah. day at the U.S. Capitol building, littered with broken furniture and debris from unruly mob, from an unruly mob. New Jersey Representative Andy Kim was finally heading home after taking part in the vote to certify Joe Biden as the next U.S. President. Walking down the halls. Um, of his beloved democratic institution, he saw officers assigned to the grim, um, was a grime duty of cleaning up. So he was like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a help. Yeah. I, I want to go help. So he helped in his full suit, grabbed the trash bag, mm-hmm. started cleaning. Yeah, that's great. So, um, uh, you know, it's been cool. If, <laughs> been cool if it didn't happen, but you know, that's cool that he, you know, cleaned up, helped clean up or whatever, you know. Just there was also also shout out to the uh, there was also grounds workers that also were cleaning up. I saw videos of that as well. So there were people there yeah, doing their job. Was assigned to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you I don't want to. I don't want to. But I'm just saying I don't want it to be like yeah, Kim did it all. So you yeah, know yeah, there yeah. were people there that were working and cleaning up that fucking mess those people left behind. Yeah. And uh, I heard that they smeared shit on some walls. And yeah, stuff. I heard yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, animals, shit, animals, bro, animals, just disgusting. Put so the shit in their hand and just. Who knows? Maybe they brought the shit with them. You know, it was it, it, they, it was a coordinated effort. It was a coordinated effort of dumb fucks, but it was you know it was a coordinated effort. Um, shit everywhere. Yeah, that'll show them. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Shout out to Andy Kim. Yeah. Shout out to Andy Kim. Shout out to that film festival on that island. Now, before we go, I do want to have I, I want to have a, a little bit of a. This is this is actually kind of more. I think this is good. I think this is good vibes as well. I watched a film. Uh, the day so Thursday, I believe the incident happened at the Capitol terrorist attack. And then after giving so much energy to the Twitter fear, Twitter sphere and everything like that, I decided to take a personal day on Friday. Mm-hmm. I did yoga. I did my little chores around the house so that, you know, the house was clean. And then I uh, did some mushrooms and I watched Soul, okay. the new Pixar movie that's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. And it was a profound experience. I, you know, not that, you know, they, that's a, there's another film called... um. Inside Out, which is a, they break down how feelings and, you know, these 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 Pixar movies have a way of, you know, touching on some real things and making you feel emotions and having like uh, uh, revelations and things like that. I've never had a movie, cartoon or otherwise, speak directly to me in such a way that Soul had when I watched it. Um, while I was, you know, uh, on a drug, it just it's I I've in the last couple of years, I've been more open to myself and being honest with myself about sometimes I do go through uh, spurts of mild depression and just kind of wake up. And I'm like, eh, you know, when's tomorrow? Like just over the day, as soon as you wake up, 
And there's a scene in Soul where uh, the guy, I can't remember, uh, can't remember his name right now, but he sees his life. There's like a hall of you. And he sees like every, it's like, oh, laundry and just kind of floating through life. And then whatever big moments he had, he was always like, well, when's the, this is just, when's the next thing? Like yeah. He just wasn't living in the moment. And he was worried about when the next big thing was happening. And then he died, Yeah, you know? So it really put into perspective me, you know, I have these days where I'm like, man, when is, when is this day over with? And then to see that like, oh, the next day could be your last day. Yeah. So it just really put into perspective for me to like, you know, enjoy life, live your life to the fullest, find a, find, not a purpose, but just find joy in the little things in life. Find that spark, find that thing that really, you know, uh, makes you want to go and do something and, uh, you know, don't take life for granted. And a movie never put my feeling, that scene of him seeing his life never put something in like, the way I feel some days when I wake up, never put into perspective so much where I'm like, oh man, yeah, some day, that is one of my days is that little illusion dream that he had where it's like, oh, you just wake up, you're like, I don't know, I'm not doing anything. Just not bored, but just like disaffected, just kind of waiting for the day to be over. And to see it kind of put into in perspective like that and then to see like, oh yeah, one day you could just die. Yeah. And then it's, oh, it's over with and you, every day of your life, you just were kind of waiting for the next day. Yeah. To see that kind of, you know, that Pixar way of they make it so simple with the cartoons and the colors and everything. You go, oh, yeah, no, that is I should try to not do that. Yeah. So um, I highly recommend Soul. I think that um, the message in that in that is really important. I think it even if you don't watch the movie, I think it's important for people to really seriously, man. I think we touched on it like the first episode after the New Year's which last week. It feels like we've been in 2021 yeah. for uh, three weeks already, but. You don't, after 2020 was, it was such a crazy year. After the events of Thursday, we don't know what 2021 will hold for us, but make the most out of your life, man. Yep. Do, do what you feel, you know, is best for you. Have a good time when you can make the best out of a situation. Don't walk around disaffected and despondent and, and, and you know, not caring. Like, you know, life is short. So I think that, we all should try a little harder to to find the bright side, even though it's a time after a time like what just happened and we're in the middle of a time where it's like might not feel like that right now. But we should try to shake that off as quick as possible and get back to finding the bright side. So um, that is what I recommend for people to do. And. Uh, yeah, man, crazy time, man. But, you know, we're still alive. Yeah. So that's always a plus, <laughs> you know, that's the bright side that that's all the bright side I got for you guys this week is like, if you're listening to this, you, you're, you're alive. So that's a start. So, you know, where you go from there is up to you. Um, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. And we'll see you guys next week. Hopefully.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 